bringing it. And so tonight, um, I'm, I'm bringing together about three titles, and uh, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Um, somebody had that, those, that uh, statement on a, on a card, and then some more about strongholds and, and um, about uh, spiritual authority and those kind of things. And so tonight, I'm uh, going to bring a, a word to you on spiritual warfare and, uh, entitled, A Fighting Spirit. And we're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, <laughs> in every one of these messages, you know, I've, I've, there's been kind of an overload of scriptures <laughs> to bring my point home. Um, but I don't think it's hurt anybody. <clears throat> Scripture will not hurt you. It will not put bad things on you. Amen? The Word of God is life and light. Glory to God. And it brings life and light into your life. So it hasn't hurt us. So tonight is no different. Got a bunch of scriptures. So just follow with me. Build a little bit of foundation and, and, and gonna, going to uh, bring two points, I believe, to a place of understanding. And, you know, none of these messages are an exhaustive study. It's from... It's from my perspective, but it's also in line with what the Word of God says about warfare and understanding it. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the way that I preach is that I don't always preach so much about all the information about the title, but a lot of times I preach what it isn't. And that's a, a number of things we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to look at what spiritual warfare isn't, but I think that I feel like I've, I've been saved this year for 40 years. Haven't I? Yeah, 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Had to stop for a second. I got saved when I was two. So. Uh, no, but, I, but I've been saved 40 years this year. And uh, through the years, there's been a lot that I've been a part of that's been labeled spiritual warfare. And... Uh, all I want is what works. If it doesn't work, drop, kick it out of your life. Amen? I'm done with stuff that doesn't work. Do I get an amen out of that? We don't want anything that doesn't work. So <clears throat> what we're talking to tonight about is, is understanding who and what to fight. What is our fight, and who are we fighting? Is it our neighbor? Is it our boss? Is it people in the church? Is it people, family members? Is, it, is, is that our fight? If somebody's doing something that you don't like, that's your fight. Well, we're going to look tonight and see that, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood. And, we, and, and if you've been born again at all for any length of time, you know that in your head. But what are you doing about that on the inside? What... what how are the actions of your life being demonstrated in you believing that you wrestle not with flesh and blood? Your battle is not against your neighbor. In other words, your enemy is not your boss. It's not your wife or husband. Your enemy is not, you know, the, the person next door or the person down the street or this person or that person or any other family member. That is not your enemy. 
the enemy is the enemy. <laughs> the enemy is the enemy. Amen? And we're going to look at it and look at, at the enemy, and uh, who is Satan, and we're going to look at some things about him tonight, but he's not the enemy that is your worst enemy. But he is the enemy, and he's behind everything that appears to be an enemy. And it looks like that the enemy is other people, and he's behind what happens through other people. But other people aren't the enemy. He's the enemy. But then there's another enemy that's even worse than him as the enemy, and we're going to look at who that enemy is. So we're going to talk a lot about the enemy. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many, uh, many enemies, many witnesses. In the presence of probably many enemies too, but in the, in the presence of many witnesses. So he said, fight Lay hold and confess. Fight, lay hold, and confess. Who's supposed to be doing that? Me. Me. I'm the one that is in the fight, and I need to be fighting the way he wants me to fight. He said, fight the good fight against your neighbor. Absolutely not. Fight the good fight against the devil. Absolutely not. Fight the good fight of Now, look at Isaiah 54 real quickly. <clears throat> and the last verse, verse 17, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Isaiah 54 <clears throat> and verse 17. <clears throat> it's a long verse in the Amplified, but just bear with me. <clears throat> no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. You shall show to be in the wrong. Who? You. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph of, over opposition is the heritage of the servant of the Lord those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they have obtained from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. He said this is the righteousness or the vindication. God is our vindicator. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall show to be in the wrong. God is my vindicator. Now watch this. If, I'm, if something has happened and I have to go to court and I have a lawyer, and I know that I'm not guilty, and I've told the judge that I'm not guilty, and so the case goes on, and my lawyer, my vindicator is fighting for me, and he's fighting for my rights in this situation. And about halfway through the trial, 
I tell the guy, you know what? I'm tired of fighting. I quit. That guy who is my lawyer that really believes that I'm not guilty and he believes we can win the case cannot win the case if I don't fight. If I quit, there's nothing he can do to help this out. When he's got his whole plan set up, it's all right, and yet I throw in the towel. God, through Jesus Christ, has done it all for you and I. Amen? Amen? The price has been paid. Everything is set up for you and I. And now, what we have to learn is, we're not fighting people. We're not really even fighting the devil because he's defeated. What we're fighting is the fight of faith to trust that, that God and His Word and what He said in His Word is true and that He will do what He said He would do. And that is a fight because the devil is a deceiver and he's a liar and he will bring all types of situations and circumstances across your path to try to convince you not to fight. First Corinthians 9. <clears throat> you know, when we've, through the years, we've taught a lot on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit being the helper. And I've always made the point that the Holy Spirit is the helper, He's not the doer. He won't do things for you, but He'll help you do it. And when you get the help from the Holy Spirit to accomplish something, there's not anything you can't do, right? He's the helper. He's not the doer. Well, in the same way, in kind of what we're talking about tonight, the helper, the Holy Spirit, is not the fighter, but He'll teach you how to fight. You have to have Him in operation. If you're born again, you have Him. You're one with Him. But He will not force His way into your life to be the one that helps you make the decision. Again, He won't make the decision for you, but He's saying, the decision's already made, now you've got to let me help you understand what all this means. And if we let Him help us, it's amazing the things that we can accomplish. But we have to be willing to get in the fight and then stay in the fight. Because it is a fight from today on in your life. It's been a fight, but what I'm telling you today and what I'm preaching to you tonight, this word that I'm giving you, is going to help you to understand not only that it's a fight, but how to stay in it and that we're already the winners. It's not we stay in it and, 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 and we get a few chances and if we fail, no. If you stay in it and you don't quit, you win. In every situation, I don't care what it is. Somebody said, well, you know, well, what, what if I fight and then, then I, I die? But you fought. You win. Amen. Amen? We win. See, because our destination is another place. Our destination is heaven. That's where our destination is. And when we're there, we're winners. But here we're winners too, but the difference here is we have opposition. Out there, in heaven, there'll be no opposition. But that's our destination. So, absence from the body is what? 
It's the presence of the Lord. It's victory in every direction, right? Well, that victory is here now for us, but we have to learn how to attain it and receive what He's already done for us. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. I want to read it also in the Amplified. Verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Look at verse 26 and I'll read that in the Amplified also. He said, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without a definite aim. I do not box like I'm beating the air and striking without an adversary. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly. Two words that you need to make a part of your life. You've heard me mention these lately. But you need to make these two words a part of your life today on like never before. And one word is strategic, and another word is intentional. And if you're, you know, when I'm thinking about this, this verse here about a boxer beating the air and striking without an adversary. Well, as, as I studied this, and I won't go into all the words, but there, there is, in, in, in Hebrews 12 and verse 1 and 2, it talks about running with endurance the race that is set before you, with patient endurance running that race. Well, that word in the Greek, run, is comes from the same word that the word fight is right here. He said, or, uh, uh, or beating, or boxing. And, and he said, and it, it, it's interesting that it comes from the same exact word. And so, running in a race is kind of like being in a fight. Because depending on how long the race is, there's an endurance factor, there's a not quitting factor, there's a pressing in and, and dealing with the wind and the, and, and, and the elements that are out there, all those things. It's a fight against not quitting and giving up. And he said here, don't run a race with uncertainty and don't box like you don't have an enemy or an adversary. The last verse says, but like a boxer, buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved, and rejected as a counterfeit. Now there's a lot said there, okay? But here's the deal. God's word is always there to empower us to overcome what the enemy is trying to convince us of, that we really don't have to fight. We really don't have to do certain things. He'll come along and bring lies and deception to you to get you to receive 
information about things that you're dealing with or facing on a day-to-day basis trying to convince you not to press in and stay with it. Eh, it's not that big of a deal. You don't have to keep doing that. Hey, you've done that for a while. Hey, for five years you did all that and you did all that, that kind of stuff that they're talking about at church and all, and, and we don't have to continue in that. Well, I disagree. And based on what he's saying right here, I believe you'll see how important it is for your life to be committed to the long haul. Staying with it and not finding yourself boxing or not aiming at the target and hitting what it is strategically that you're trying to accomplish. When, when I was young, um, I, I didn't get in a lot of fights. Uh, and actually, the only fights that I was ever in were the ones that I knew I would win. I knew I'd win. I was in a couple of fights on a basketball court. Tired of some people hitting me and hanging on me under the basket and stuff, you know. And I just, you know, I responded. And I responded in such a way because th- this guy over two quarters wouldn't leave me alone. And he kept hanging on me. And I just turned around, I popped the guy in the face, and he went down. But there was so much adrenaline, I was so empowered and ready for this thing that it wasn't, I didn't care what this guy thought or anything else. I turned around, get off of me. I had focus. I was in a situation in school, in high school, and uh, some things had happened at my dad's place of business, and some guys accused me of doing some things or ratting on them, and they got in trouble, and they got sent, you know, they got sent to prison and and uh, to a reform school in New Mexico where I lived, and uh, so so these guys met up with me at, at a certain place, and uh, they were about seven of them, and I'm looking at the odds, and I'm thinking, I'm not fighting. I'm running. (laughs) And that was not a fight that I was going to win, and I knew it, and my adversary had an upper hand. And so what I did is I ran from the situation, and then I re-strategized. And I won't go into all the stuff that we did, but um, all those guys got their, if you will, their comeuppance. And what what they intended against me, I strategized and got other guys to help me to where it was an even score. And it worked out for the good. Now, I'm not encouraging you to fight. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you today that fighting for revenge is not right. You don't, you, you, somebody's done something to you, so you're going to get back at them. There's something in you that's not right that has to be worked out. See, that's why we don't want our fighting to be against people. People are not the issue. The devil is the issue in his lies that he brings to try to convince people that the person is the problem or this situation right here is because you're not any good or what, whatever the lies that he brings, that's where we have to see these things exposed in our life. 
Can you say amen to that? So, um, look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to look, read a few verses here. And as we're looking at this, um, you know, where I'm going in this message, what, what I'm bringing you to here in, in just a few minutes, is that The, the, the truth, the truth was meant to set us free. The truth is. And actually, before we look at this, go, go to Ephesians 6, and, and I'm, I, I want to read this and then make my point I was going to make. In Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. It says, finally, my brethren, be in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We don't use the word wiles a lot. Uh, but what it, what it translates out to is, is trickery or craftiness or lies. He said, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So what that means is, put on the whole armor of God because something's coming. I'm just telling you from everybody sitting in every seat in this house tonight, there are things coming your way. There are wiles and tricks and schemes of the enemy coming to trip you up. But what, what we need is the armor of God. Now, look at in the Scripture here what the armor of God is. In verse 13 he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be, be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist or your loins with what? With the truth. One translation says, having your girdle of truth. Having, having this protection here against what it will say in a moment, the darts or, the, or the, 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 the missiles of the enemy coming at us. When the truth is protecting us, and, and actually everything in the armor has to do with the Word of God. The shield of faith has to do with the Word of God. The helmet of salvation has to do with the Word of God. Everything, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the good news of peace, everything has to do with the Word of God. And, and we know that this armor we're talking about is not some armor that you can buy online and have it shipped to you, right? The armor has to do with what you do with the Word of God and how you perceive the Word of God. One of the benefits of the local church is a continuation of the Word if the church, if a congregation of people believes in the preaching of the Word. 
The reason that congregations come together, they're supposed to, should be centered around the truth of the Word, and the preaching of the Word gives the Holy Spirit something to reveal in each individual believer. See, I'm not the true teacher. I'm a pastor, teacher, minister of the gospel, but I'm not the teacher. I'm not the true teacher. The Holy Spirit is. But the Scripture is very clear that the preached Word is important Because when you hear something like this preached, now it's your responsibility to take what you hear and let God reveal it to you on the inside. Because when it comes revelation to you, then what's intact cannot be penetrated. And the darts, there are a lot of things, but really they boil down to these two things. They're deception and lies. Because that's all the defeated enemy has against us is lies and deceiving us to believe God can't do what God said he could do. I'm telling you tonight, God will do everything and even more than what he said right here. But I can tell you, but at the end of the day, whatever lies that have turned into strongholds in your life that you've kept and you continue to hold on to, Those strongholds will dictate how you live your life. God wants you and I liberated of strongholds. I've been saved for 40 years. And, I mean, I thank God every year for every stronghold that has been liberated in my life through the Word of God. I thank God today. I thank Him all the time that I never quit with the preached Word. I never quit keeping myself saturated with the Word coming in my ears and through my eyes and down in my heart, coming out of my mouth, so every day I really believe that the greater one lives on the inside of me. I really believe today that I can do all things that God says I can do. I can do it in His strength, ability, and power. And that's what we have to get a hold of to understand how to deal with with spiritual issues again the devil is defeated amen he says in in go back to verse 12 he said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood verse we talked about earlier but against principalities powers rulers of the darkness spiritual wickedness in high places right Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you're able to stand in the evil day. What's the evil day? Whatever day. It's whatever day. Whatever day that there is evil or lies or deception that are coming to your mind, those days be able to stand against that and refute that. And as you've developed on a day-to-day basis, as you continue to come and you continue to hear the Word, You might be somewhere else where the word is being preached and all of a sudden somebody preaches something and bam, revelation comes to you. Something that you didn't have before. A lot of you are going to be at the convention in Fort Worth next week and, and, uh, you know, the fact that you 
come and hear the word and you're faithful to the word in season and out of season when things are good and not so good and you stayed faithful to the word and let it begin to be something that is a part of you then you go to a conference like that and and a lot of i mean it's just the saturation of the word all week long if you've never been before it'd be good for you to go but a lot of you are going to go and you go there and you're hearing the word and all of a sudden because of the investment that you've allowed yourself to have and receive of the word of god Things get said and all of a sudden, boom, revelation, revelation. This happens, that happens, this thing, that thing. And, and what happens is, what gets intact is the, is the armor of God to keep the penetration of the lies and the deception of the enemy coming to convince you that certain things are so. Through the years, people that were involved in spiritual warfare and intercession and praying and those kind of things, for the longest time, the attitude was always, you know, that you have to pray in tongues long enough for something to happen. The, 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 there was an attitude for many years that, well, you, you needed to scream or holler or shake or throw your hands up or, or get on the floor, get in some position. Or It was, it was these things that were going to cause the principalities, powers, and the rulers of darkness to come down from their high places. Well, the truth is, the principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness, they're defeated. The only thing that keeps them in any place of, quote, authority that they don't really have is your and my ignorance. Where we spend more time laboring in the flesh, trying to accomplish something, than being strategic and intentional in what we pray and what we declare. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, for us to come with an unfruitful mind as we pray in, in other tongues and we pray in the Spirit, and we pray in the Spirit and then we pray with the understanding. But the passage there in 1 Corinthians 14 doesn't talk about this long, drawn-out type of a thing. Now, if God leads you into an all-night intercession, then it's right. But all-night intercessions will not liberate you. They can create headaches sometimes. And whatever, and I'm not really trying to be funny. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just trying to shed some light on some stuff that really doesn't produce. What produces is me knowing the truth. When I know the truth, then the truth is what sets me free not anything else. And when I get free and I get the truth in the form of armor, notice the armor, part of the armor is the sword of the Spirit. And, you know, what I find out when the armor is intact that the sword wasn't meant to be used against somebody. The sword was meant to be used against the lies and the deception of the enemy. I'm not called to kill the enemy. The enemy's defeated. He is a defeated foe. And if people through Scripture try to convince you of anything different, it's a lie. He's defeated. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He has been defeated. There's no question about his defeat. At Calvary, it was Jesus died one time for all men that all men would be liberated and free. God wants you and I free 
But he wants us free to do battle and to fight the right fight. He wants us busy fighting the right fight. He said, um, Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then he said, and that utterance be given to me. And those kind of things are the result, that is the result of what the truth of God's word does to us. It's not just the truth in our heads, it's the revealed truth in our heart. When you have, when it becomes revelation to you that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, nobody can talk it out of you. They can't talk you out of who you are in Him. Now, you can allow the enemy to bring thoughts and deception and those kind of things, and, and you can get delivered of strongholds and lies of the enemy, and you can allow those things back in. But nobody can talk you out of it if you've received it, you've applied it, and you're living and walking in it. Listen, there's no greater warfare that can be done from a place of understanding who you are in Him. See, because apart from Him, I'm nothing. And I'll just tell you this right now. If you and I think that we have the upper hand on the devil, you have another thing coming. You say, yeah, but, but the devil's defeated. Yeah, but he's a liar. The only way that you and I have any upper hand on the enemy is when we are in the Spirit. See, because he's spirit. He's not flesh. He's spirit. And he uses flesh to convince mankind that circumstances that they see are more real than what they know in the Word of God. I promise you, he'll eat your lunch and your breakfast and your dinner if you're not connected to God by the Spirit. He will literally overtake and destroy people. That's what he does. And, and, and get this, he does it through lies and deception. That's how he does it. Because he has no power to accomplish it. And so it's what, it's what from places of strongholds that we have been in mentally. Listen, the greatest, the greatest place of strongholds anywhere, in any place, any, anywhere on the planet, is between your ears. That's where strongholds are. They're in our thinking. That's why our thinking has to be changed. And when our thinking is changed, then the way we perceive what can be accomplished in life begins to change. Now, back to that 2 Corinthians scripture that we were looking at, and I want to show you a couple things here. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal weapons. You can't carry it in a holster, right? You can't 
Stick it in your trunk. Take it somewhere. Do whatever. Stick it on a gun rack behind your, behind your driver's seat. It's not a natural weapon. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the what? To the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Casting down arguments or imaginations and bringing every thought. The weapons that the enemy uses are your thoughts and your imaginations. The weapons that we have are the weapons of the armor of God. And if you are developing those, I, I heard somebody say one time, I mean, years ago, I mean, I'm not saying it's not right, but they said, you know, you, you don't put the armor on and off every day. You just leave it on and you sleep in it or whatever. Well, the, 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 the putting on of the armor of God is done through the development of your understanding of how those parts work. One of the parts is righteousness. One of the parts is just truth itself. When you realize that there are lies that are going on in your thinking that maybe came from your past or your upbringing or even teaching in church or whatever. I mean, nobody's got the whole piece. And there's things that we can learn. Things have evolved. There are things that I saw you know, 20 years ago as a pastor that, you know, I wouldn't want someone to hear that cassette tape from 20 years ago because I said some things that I didn't have the whole revelation on. And God wants us to grow in that. But when we realize that the truth is what has set us free and is setting us free day to day, then we don't allow the lies to remain because there are lies. There are things that you and I have been taught and that we believed at different times that are lies, that are strongholds, and that are keeping and will keep you in a place from not receiving from God. And sometimes people don't like to hear that because there's a part that they play. And the part that you play is that you've got to be willing to fight. Yeah, okay. Beating the air. Yeah, okay. Huh? Yeah, just run in a race. I'm going to jog out here and kind of do whatever seems to be good. No. I've got to run the race with purpose and intention. I've got to box. I've got to fight like I know that I have an adversary. Amen? And I'm not giving him any place. And I'm going to learn how to deal with what the enemy, the punches that the enemy has thrown. Because, see, the punches that he throws are in the form of dart. My helmet's not in place. My loins are not girt. Man, I'm telling you what, that lie, and man, it'll just stick. You can be working on something, working on a truth in your life, and all of a sudden, somebody will say something. And, and you know where this happens a lot? Where divine health and healing is concerned. Somebody will be working on, on revelation and that, and then all of a sudden, something will happen to someone else, and they get sick or some bad thing happens. It doesn't mean we don't have compassion, and, and we're not judging what other people think or believe or anything else. 
But something will come to try to rob you of believing what God's Word says is true. The warfare kicks in when I resist that, cast those thoughts down, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of the truth. Who's the truth? Who's the truth? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the truth. The truth has set me free. Jesus has set me free. Right? If he's liberated and made me free, then every thought that I think, I can line up with him. The Bible says, I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. You've got a purpose to do that every single day. That's the fight. That's our part. You're not going to just lay down and just roll over and let things just happen and, and live and operate in the victory that God called us in. Thank God for the victory on the other side. But over here where there's resistance, you're not going to see the victory if we're not willing to fight and strategically fight and know how to block the punches and know how to have the truth in place so that what comes at you doesn't lodge in you and stay there and then contaminate the truth that you've had and then contaminate the truth that you've delivered to other people. Yeah. The other day I was talking to a pastor friend of mine and I love the guy. And you, you understand, you know this when I say this. I might believe something about something. That doesn't mean that I have the exhaustive revelation on some truth. And if someone else doesn't believe like I do, you know, that there's something wrong with them. Now, I used to think that, you know, sorry. <clears throat> I used to think I had it all and everybody else were idiots. No, not, not that bad, but I mean, you know, I used, used to think I had the truth. And... Uh, but I, but I learned to realize when some of the truth that I thought I had didn't work, that I didn't know it all. And when I really got the revelation that I needed the help of the Holy Ghost in a greater way to help me to overcome and to deal with the things that I would face, and then, then you know what? I'm open to anything, but it's got to be revealed to me by the Holy Ghost. It can't just be because you preached it or because you're an authority on that subject or you're whatever that's great i'll listen to it but i've it's got to be revealed to me by the holy ghost that's why i tell you you hear stuff like this that i'm preaching to you you've got to go to the word and see it for yourself and let god reveal that to you because the bible says you've got to be convinced of the people that bring the word to you you got to be convinced that they're bringing the truth and not just bringing a bunch of mumbo jumbo so you've got to judge it for yourself to make sure that it's right can you say amen to that right that's where the warfare is. The warfare is in the day-to-day. -day. It's not just when we see something bad happening in the world. Listen, the Bible says bad things happen. Isaiah says, in, in, the, end, in the end times, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord. Everybody say, but the Lord. But where's the Lord? He's in me. But the Lord in me. See, the light that's shining in me, I'm going to let my light shine. My little light just shine. How's it go? I'm going to let it shine. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> All of a sudden I lost that song. <laughs> but I'm going to let my light shine. That, that's what matters. That's where you do warfare when you don't let the lies of the enemy penetrate and things that have penetrated, I'm going to do whatever it takes to unlodge those and get them out and replace the armor or add the armor if I've never had it so that those things can't penetrate. Remember, they're lies and deception. That's all the devil, he has nothing else. He has lies and deception to get the best of us, to convince us. 
God can't do when God's already done. Doesn't that sound familiar to a conversation that went on in the beginning? That's the exact same conversation that Satan had with Eve and then with Adam, right? Same conversation. Trying to get her to doubt what God had said. He's been working on people ever since. And when Jesus came and he turned the tables for us and now has empowered us to shut that mess down, we've got to realize the fight and the race that we're in and we've got to stay in the race no matter what. Remember, remember, remember this. No, I didn't say that. I was going to say remember what I said, but I didn't say it. Um, God wants to show you things, but first... You've got to be able to look at it and think about it. So what we do here is we bring the word for you to look at and think about so he can show you. But if you're just, you hear something, well, I don't understand that. Come on, show me, Pastor. No, I'm not going to show you anything. No, I'm, I'm getting you to look at what the word says. And I'm getting you to think about what the Word says, and it's your decision what you're going to do with it. Because if you'll do something with the Word, God is so faithful. I mean, I I just have this picture of God saying, you know, the Word's being preached, and let's say Randy, this is the first time he's ever heard the Word, and and Randy walks away and he says, man, I like what I heard there. I'm going to do something with it. I I can just like hear God saying, oh, come on, Randy, come on, come on. Go after Come on, Randy, do it. I mean, I, like I can hear all of heaven just rejoice. Come on, Randy, go after the Word. Man, he goes after the Word, he's going to beat the devil in his life. Amen. See, there's a, there's a place where, see, God can do anything, but, but God won't go against the way he set things up. See, there's a place where God can't do something when we don't do our part. He has to sit on the sidelines and watch. And that's why people say, well, how can God let bad things happen to good people? Because of what I just said. God set it up for us now to have to learn what he did for us and then how to apply it. To me, what I've been learning over the last few years and what I'm sharing with you tonight is, that's what real warfare is. Two more passages of Scripture and then I'll let you go tonight. Um, look at John chapter 8 John chapter 8 the enemy the God of this world system does what? what does it say in 2 Corinthians 4 it says that he blinds the minds of those that don't believe right? but not only does he blind but he binds So when I'm blind, because I'm not letting the truth penetrate, then I'm bound. He blinds and he binds. He blinds and he binds. Through lies and deception, he blinds and he binds. John 8 and verse 31. In light of what we've just talked about, think about this passage, these two verses. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 
If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. You shall know Jesus, and Jesus shall make you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Through warfare, are we not trying to find and and accomplish freedom, liberty? We're trying to get set free. And and what I'm presenting to you tonight is, some things that God has revealed to me is that some of my warfare at different times was my effort to bring certain things down. When what brings them down is when I go up. See, when I'm elevated to where He is, and I'm thinking along His line, and I'm letting the truth gird my loins so there's no penetration of the darts of lies and unbelief from the enemy. When that's not penetrating, and I've got the helmet in place, and I'm covered, and the shield of faith is there, I'm trusting that what God said, He is able to do it. And not only is He able, He's already done it, and He wants me to be in a position to receive what He's already done. That's spiritual warfare. See, because the warfare, the war, the battle, the fight is for trusting God. Do I have faith that God is standing behind His Word and His promises and that He will come through? Do I have faith? And and see, listen, you can pray for 14 hours a day And in the other hours that you're awake, if you're not allowing the truth to protect you, to gird you, to to rise up, to come out of your mouth, to direct it at given situations that are there, to have a right attitude towards someone that has a wrong attitude, to walk in love when it's an unlovely situation... That's what real warfare is because, see, the higher I go, the more I'm like him. He's the mark. There's no other mark. The Apostle Paul's not the mark. Peter's not the mark. No other preacher on the planet is the mark. Jesus is the mark. And when I arise to a greater place of understanding him and having revelation and faith and confidence in him, then the other things come down. See, it's not just me, you know, bombarding the gates of heaven i really don't i really don't think god really desires all that i mean i'm even preaching kind of loud tonight but you can preach this message and not even preach loud i think i probably spit on randy about three times you don't even have to spit you don't necessarily if, if I'm praying in, in other tongues, if I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm, I'm listening to God, and, and as I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm going to God for understanding. I want understanding from Him. I, every time I go to God, I want an unfruitful mind. I don't want to have an agenda going to God. Now, I'm not saying you can't have prayer list and pray about specific things, but you still need to get from God how to pray and what to speak. You see? When we do that... And then we're able to cast the care of the things that we pray for and we declare over people or situations. When we cast the care of that over onto God, what we're saying is, you know what? Now, I did my part. He's already done his part. So the manifestation of those things come from him. 
One plants, one waters, but God's the one that brings the increase in our life. Can you say amen to that? See? It's not us trying to make it happen. So the less we labor and the more we enter into the place of rest, and listen, rest in God is not sitting back and sipping on Kool-Aid for, you know, three weeks over some situation. Resting in God is being confident that what God said and what God told me to do, that's what I've done. And if you're, if you're doing what He's told you to do, then you're in a place of rest. So the doing is from Him instead of me doing from the top of my head what seems right. Again, backing it up with Scripture, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that is destruction. It doesn't work. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 44 of John 8. This is Jesus talking to a group of people here and giving them some pretty tough words. He said, and you're of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. So the reason we prepare ourselves with the armor of God and the truth of God's word is because lies are coming. Lies are a coming. Amen? There's no truth in him. All he has is lies and deception. He says there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Now, there's a lot said here before the cross that some people have taken and misrepresented in passages like this. And this is my opinion. What he was trying to get them to see was the devil is the father of lies. What you're doing is acting like him. Nobody was created in the image of the devil. Everybody, every human being, whether they're saved or not, was created in the image of God, right? All men were created in God's image. Written on the tablets of all men's hearts, saved or unsaved, is the laws of God. Men know what's right and wrong. I've never met, been in a lot of prisons and jails, and I've never met somebody in prison for something horrible that they've done that's just in joy, and I mean, they're refreshed, they're built up, they're strong. No, they're beat down. Why? Because inside of them, they know what they did was wrong. I mean, and everybody else has told them that, and the judge probably told them that, and if they're in prison for a long period of time, they've been told that they did wrong. But the devil's lied to them. And what they're doing and what they did was like, was like the devil himself. You and I were not created to buy the lies from the enemy, do the things that the enemy wants you to do. You and I were created to live by God, live like God, and live in his presence with truth liberating us so we can help other people be set free of the lies and the deception. And you know, when I'm talking about lies and deception, I'm not just talking about unsaved people. I'm talking to, you know, the pastor friend that I told you I was talking to the other day, he was telling me some things about the word and, and something that wasn't working out in his life and he was really distraught about it, you know? 
And when I brought the truth to him, this is a pastor, okay? Somebody that's been born again for years. He's been in the pastorate for many years. And when I just brought some truth to him, he, he, he just kind of ruffled up about the truth that I brought him. And I asked him, I said, so what do you, why, why does that upset you? What, what I'm saying, I, it's just, I just gave you, I, I was, it, what I gave him was an encouragement. I wasn't trying to like prove his doctrine wrong or anything else. I just gave him some word. And he goes, you know what, I, I don't know. You know why? You know why it ruffled him up? Because he's believed a lie. Doesn't mean he's a bad person, that he's not a good pastor, any of those other kind of things. He just believed a lie. I'm talking about he's believed something that doesn't line up with the doctrine of JC. Not the doctrine of this denomination or this group or that group or whatever else, but the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The truth. He is the truth. The truth will liberate you and set you free. I got a text from the guy later, and he said, I really appreciate you speaking that word to me. God, that's why we live this life. You say, well, that's not that big of a deal. You don't know how huge that was. It was huge. I, wasn't, I, wouldn't, I didn't get in the conversation thinking how I was going to correct the guy. I mean, get rid of all that mess. When the truth is liberating us and we're walking in the armor of God, God will bring these situations across your path for you to deliver the word in due season. Listen, a word in season will bring sustenance to a person. It will sustain them and build them and strengthen them and cause them to rise up. Because listen, the higher you go, all that other crap comes down. See, but... But when we're facing it like this, there, there's the principalities and the powers and the rulers and we're, we're trying to, you know, I guess I'll hit them here and maybe here. And No, no we're not hitting them with truth. We're just, we're just hitting them. We're just boxing in the air, you know, not, not really knowing our adversary. The Bible says don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. He's trickery. He, he operates in trickery. He's, he's deceitful. He's a, he's a trickster. And he's a liar. And I'm telling you tonight, my belief for you is that every lie is exposed in every one of our lives. Every lie. And how? Only one way. The truth. Jesus Christ, the truth, is set you free. Right? We don't have to be like this. This isn't us. It's not you. The devil is not your father. But there may be some people, there may be some spouses, <laughs> That think at times their spouse is acting like the devil, or some situations going on with one, one person or another, or family members or friends or whatever, and, and you can see things happening, and it looks like they're after their father, the devil. And I've heard people speak those kind. You don't speak that kind of mess over people that are struggling and having a difficult time. Listen, somebody's going through a difficult time in their life, it's because of the lack of truth. And they need help, and they need somebody to pray for them. They need somebody to do warfare on their behalf by de declaring and speaking the truth that God gave them to speak. I tell you what, there's no greater time in the history of the world that we're doing warfare and speaking the truth as our prayer ministry does here on a regular basis, speaking over the government, speaking over our president, speaking over all the cabinet members, speaking over all the different officials over this whole United States. I mean, here in our church, but all over the United States and the world, people are praying and declaring. We just have to realize 
Who gets the glory through all this? Not our prayer group. Not your intercession. It's not the warfare we do. Well, we did enough warfare and we brought those guys down. I didn't get the glory. The truth gets the glory. Who's the truth? Jesus. Jesus gets the glory. Not anything else. It's not, listen, I mean, yeah, we have to do the things. We don't get the glory for that. It's not because, you know, stuff didn't, doesn't happen just because our prayer group is that good or people pray is that good and, and that good and so that the glory goes to people in those type of situations. It's because of the truth. And when the truth sets you free, and there's no other way you could have ever been free, when you're declaring the truth and other people are getting free, it's because of the truth. The truth shall make me free. Say that. The truth shall make you free. The truth. No more bondage. No more believing lies. No more strongholds. And that starts today. And it's day to day. You get delivered and set free day to day to day to day to day. You just stay with it. And man, when it becomes revelation, it's almost, you know, you know how an Iron Man, when he comes into the suit and it goes, and that, that's what, when it becomes revelation, that's the way it becomes. Hmm? Man, they shoot all those darts at his head, but man, when the helmet's on, bounce off, bam, bam, bounce, bounce. When the enemy comes with the lies and you got the helmet in play, bam, hit his head, go after the head. Throwing the dart, shooting the missiles at him, bam, 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 boing, boing, they, they bounce off. I don't know why I'm so dramatic. But listen, they bounce off. They can't penetrate because of the truth. Nothing else. The truth. The truth shall make you free. So, how do we make sure to accomplish that? Oh, wow, I've, ta- I've preached for a long time. <clears throat> I told you there's a lot of scriptures, so. So let me just end with this. Sorry that I've been so long. I didn't realize I was that long. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to end with this. Verse 24 and 25. <clears throat> Just remember this tonight. This is how we do our part. If you, if, you, if you spend time meditating on this and understanding this, it'll liberate you and make you free. Glory to God. Verse 24 and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, says, He said to them, Be careful what you are hearing, for the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given, but from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. Man, that's not politically correct. Hmm? See, but what he's saying is, if you're not doing anything with what you have, if you're not doing anything with the truth that you're hearing, and you're listening to all kinds of lies, then even what you have is going to be taken away by force. Things are going to be ripped out of your hands. Things are going to be stolen from you, and all kinds of things happen. That's why we want the truth. Not, you don't want to do the truth because you're afraid something bad's going to happen to you. I mean, if you start out that way, okay. <laughs> it's better than nothing, right? 
But no, God hasn't given us fear. And, and we, we, don't, we, you know, we, we don't have to give in to fear and, and torment of the enemy about something happening or this thing or that. No, we're, we're not giving in to any of that. And actually, when fear tries to dictate what you need to do, well, I, I, I better do that because of fear, and fear is saying that. You do the opposite every time. It's one thing, it's one thing to have a check in your spirit, and that's what the Holy Spirit brings. He'll bring a check about something. I mean, it may even be a startling check, but it's not fear. He doesn't speak in fear. Never. Never has, never will. He doesn't speak to us in fear. But he'll check us. And your natural mind can think that everything is right or not right, or it seems like it, and everybody's saying, hey, you, you need to do that. But inside, your check, that, that check is saying, no, no, I'm not doing that. And when we learn to listen to that and pay attention to it, that's the truth that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us. That truth liberates us and makes us free. Can you say amen tonight?